Today's a big day for us because, uh, as a church family, because we uh, changed our name today. We're now called Eastgate. Um, and uh, if you want to go know the details of, of, of that, I'm not going to go through the wall again. Um, but uh, that will be up on it. Be on the website. You can listen to the recording of, of the journey behind that. So Eastgate, the journey, and um, and also this this morning we. Uh, had a celebration for Jim Hunter, who has very, very faithfully served this church in the capacity as an, an uh, all sorts of capacities, to be honest. He's led our youth work, our children's work. He's been an elder in this church for the last about 20, 21 years and has been employed by the church since 1993. And um, today he retired from, from his work for the church but you can't retire from being part of a family of the church, can you? So, and so Jimmy is very much part of the family and actually is, uh, back on the youth team. Um, so, um, you're on the youth team, aren't you, Tim? So you're going to be benefiting from Jim's expertise and experience. And I just think, and like Jim said, you, you can't retire from family, can you? So, you actually, and, uh, so it's, it, it was, it's been a big deal. Then we had a lot of fun this afternoon. We had a great family time. And it was packed, wasn't it? My goodness, it was busy. It was great. So in about 500 odd people, something like that, here, having the fun. And if, I'm not sure whether you're allowed to go on the bouncy castle before you go home, but it's still there at the moment. Last I saw it, it was still inflated, wasn't it? So nobody seems to have pulled the plug on it yet. So um, health and safety probably says no. So don't take that as a bit of advice from me. But, um, but uh, anyway, I, want, I wanted to. Uh, talk about some of that stuff, but also I just wanted to uh, dwell upon something that I, I talked about this morning, which is four principles of theology that, that I think none of you are going to argue with if you're, you've been a Christian, uh, well, don't have to be a Christian for any length of time, it's just it's basic knowledge. Um, uh, but I think it's something that will keep you uh, excited and keep you going for, uh, well, a long time, even into eternity, if you start to meditate on this stuff. Um, so before I go there, I just wanted to share something that um, Kim and I experienced just a few weeks ago. We had the privilege of uh, being invited to a lunch with, with Roland and Heidi Baker, um, with uh, about 60 of us there. So it wasn't just the four of us, so speaking of Roland and Heidi and Pete and Kim, but it was... It was um, <coughs> And uh, Kim and I weren't quite sure why we, we were invited. Um, we were happy to be invited. And obviously, that Roland's been here a couple of times. I've met Heidi Baker, but um, um, it was it was a sort of a lunch uh, thanking people from the UK who supported them. And so, oh, well, we're very happy to go along. And and there, Heidi was actually telling some stories, and and um, it, it it captured my heart again in a way. Um, that I'm still meditating upon, really. Um, and she, 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 well, she's an amazing woman. He's an amazing man. They are an amazing couple of people. If you don't know who they are, then uh, it's worth reading the book. Uh, for the first one, There's Always Enough, is that right? There's Always Enough. And... There's another one after that as well, isn't there, which I can't remember the title of, but start with There's Always Enough, an extraordinary story uh, um, of what they've done in Mozambique. And they've been there 20 years now. And... Um, they uh, basically went to the poorest country in the world uh, to reach the poorest people in the poorest country in the world. 
and have done something quite extraordinary in the last 20 years um, under the mighty hand of God. And you think, well, nothing is impossible. Well, you look at these people and you think, yep, <laughs> pretty much nothing impossible. And um, they've gone through, if you read through the stories, you've gone through extraordinary battles and hardships to actually get there. Um, not to get to Mozambique, but once they were there, you know, they, they, they've established um, children's homes and schools, and I don't know how many times they've had floods wipe them out and stuff like this, and uh, they've learned how to, to stand uh, um, on, the sh- on the shores of the ocean and rebuke storms that are coming their way, so you know, tropical cyclones and stuff like that coming their way. I've got some good stories on t- turning back storms that I think they needed to learn because actually they had storms wipe them out so many times. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so, and I, I think I mentioned it this morning, they, I think they've planted 10,000 churches in 20 years or 10,000 plus. They've, they've stopped counting. Which is probably wise after 10,000. But the reason they stopped counting was because actually they don't want people to be impressed by Numbers, they just actually, it's what they do. And I, but my, I've got a mathematical brain, but I worked it out that that's on average 500 a year, which is more than one a day. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Now, her story is that in, they were missionaries and in the 70s, they were actually missionaries in, in London, UK at one stage. Do you know they planted the church in London amongst the homeless of London? Didn't know that. Ah, there you go. There's something to learn. Huh? Um, and they, they were missionaries in various places uh, uh, in the world. And in 17 years, they said they planted four churches, uh, and that two of which weren't very good. Now, that's a reasonable um, common track record, I would suggest. And they got a bit burnt out, tired. And then uh, 1994... Heidi Baker and Roland, they went to Toronto when God was pouring out his spirit there and Randy Clark prayed for Heidi and she met with God and she was um, so uh, overcome by the power of God that she was actually literally incapable for seven days. Had to be carried uh, everywhere to the toilet, in and out of meetings and she was just in the presence of God for seven days and he completely transformed her and renewed her, and then since that time, gone from four churches in 17 years to 10,000 in 20. That's quite a turnaround, isn't it? How did that happen? It happened because God met her. And she let God meet her and have his way with her. And it's not always dignified, is it? Would you you pay that price? A week incapacitated, having to be carried to the toilet? No, no, I'm just asking a question. It's very genuine question. You've got to think, well, maybe. <laughs> Most of us would like to know the outcome. No, she didn't know then that what was going to happen. She just, we said, oh yeah, I'll, I'll plant 10,000 churches. I'll go through a week of that to plant 10,000. No, she did not know what was happening. Do you know why she did that? She wanted to meet with God. And that's the key. You want to meet with God because you want to meet with God, not because you want to do stuff. <laughs> now that's that's a big deal. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit is 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 not a, a task orientated 
activity. It really isn't. Come back to that. So, um, and I'll just go with it. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit is meeting with meeting with God, isn't it? Some of you are convinced. I'll come back. I will come back to that. I'll, I'll get there. Um, anyway, they, they've uh, Heidi Baker. They started over three schools, three and a half thousand children that they educate at a time. They've got two thousand children waiting to get in their schools. It's, their schools are so popular now. And they've been doing that for 20 years. They're now actually educating and have educated people who are now going into places of influence within their nation. And it made me, re- made me reconsider something, because actually I've had to reconsider when I was hearing her story, because one of the things that you sometimes look at is when, when you work with the poorest of the poor, can you change a nation? Because actually you think actually you need to get the, get the government to change a nation is good feeding the poor, but actually, how do you change the circumstances of the poor? Well, if you give yourself to raising them, and she's called Mama Heidi because I, I don't know how many children she's adopted into her own family, and then all the kids that they pass through, actually, they're, they're a family. Well, if, if you raise thousands and thousands of kids and educate them and, and teach them to depend upon God and be filled with the Holy Spirit, then, then you, you tell you, you can change a nation. From the bottom up. And she was telling a story of, of uh, many years ago. And uh, again, if you heard her story, so she, um, she walks the streets around where she lives in, in Mozambique. And there's loads of you know, street kids and destitution. And you know, the mortality rate is, is high uh, amongst children. And... Um, and she was passing one day, long days, and she saw a group of children. One of these, uh, one of these children, a little young boy was, was, uh, well, he was, he was ill and dying. I mean, he was obviously, you know, he was not long, uh, with life. And, uh, and she said to the person, well, people with her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him home. And they, somebody said to her, well, why are you, why are you gonna take that one? Why don't you take somebody that you can actually, you know, they've got some potential you can do something with. Seems like, you know, if you had to make a choice of who to give charity to, who, who would you give it to? Do you understand what it is? No. She said, well, <coughs> and this is what the words were, <laughs> certainly touched me. She said, well, um, if he's, if he's going to die, he's going to die in my arms. Wow. Uh, and then she went on to say, and this was just a couple of weeks ago that we were with her, uh, literally a couple of weeks ago. And she said, just within a little time prior to that, she, she said that one of my children did die in my arms. That's a, that's a tough call. <clears throat> the children in their schools now, when they're asked what they want to be, they aspire to be things like doctors, engineers, Politicians, they want to lead their nation. This is the children that they're, they're training now. And they've got so many people going through, and there's such an influence now that they're actually starting um, a, a language school where English will be taught. And um, uh, so there's some English people doing that, joining with some from Mozambique. And um, 
Actually, you've been there, haven't you, Marika? You've been to Pemba. Well, not. Who else has been there? You've been there as well. There are a few people who have been there. Well, Wendy Hockley, who's part of this church, has actually uh, been through our supernatural school, the daytime school. Uh, is one of the three British people who's going to be actually at this language school. We'll be sending her out hopefully within the next few weeks because our visa's just started to sort of roll. Um, she's been waiting more than a year now. Um, but we met actually alongside Roland Hardy, we met the lady that she's going to be working with who's actually sorting out the visa. So actually within a few weeks we'll be sending Wendy out and Wendy will be actually doing stuff uh, to educate in English uh, politicians and senior business people within the nation of Mozambique to actually start to change it from that perspective. Isn't that amazing? I thought, wow, didn't dream of that when I started this school. The little boy from years ago on the street dying didn't die. In actual fact, he just graduated from school, their school as the top student from across all three schools with a desire to change his nation. What can you do? More than you'd ask or imagine. Is that amazing? Isn't God amazing? Whatever you turn your hand to with him, it can become amazing. And uh, I'm just listening. I've got a Sean new Sean Foot Foot. I'm never quite sure how you say that. You have to be really careful how you say his name. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Sean F. Sean, the worship leader guy. You know the American. Well, Foy, something like that. Anyway, make sure you put the E in there. That's what I tell you. That's the important bit. Um, and it's, it's great, great new. Um, Victorious one, great news. <laughs> and actually, Heidi Baker's on it, and because uh, it's recorded live, and then she's talking about going, and, and she says, and she says, whatever it is, I, I love it. And she talks about nations. Then she said, you know, Wall Street, you know, if it's Wall Street, Walmart. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can change a nation wherever you are, whether it's going to be Asda or Downing Street. Hospital or street people. Why? Because we got gone in us. So four things I talked about this morning, and I want you to get hold of this, is very straightforward, and I don't think you're going to have any trouble grasping that it is a fact. But what you're going to have to do is explore the reality of that forevermore. Okay? So, so I'm going to tell you four things. God is infinite and eternal. Is that true? No problems with that. Okay, um, and this is something that I've been really meditating on a, a lot for, for quite a while. And then these, God, God put these four things in place to me, which is shaping a lot of what I'm thinking about at the moment. So God is infinite and eternal. That means there is no end to him. It's really difficult to understand that because we have finite brains. Which, and what it means is he doesn't fit in your brain. He really, he really doesn't. But do you know what he's willing to do? He's willing to reveal himself to you so you can know more of him on an ongoing basis. And there is no end to your discovery of who he is. That's cool, eh? So 
Uh, are there any more worship songs hanging around to be written? Yep. Got loads of them up in heaven. And you know what? I think, oh, yeah, no, we're just going around the circle. No, no, because there's always going to be more of him to discover. I was just um, drawn to the, the, the last verses in John's Gospel. I was just, just as I was getting yeah, ready. I thought, I'll draw what does it say? The, what's the last few verses in John's Gospel say? Is anybody familiar with that? Gossip, Phil. So, so if, if all the things that Jesus did were written down, all the books, uh, uh, so many books would be written, it says, that not the world could, and the whole world wouldn't be able to contain them. That's pretty good in three years, isn't it? Three years. I know he had 30 before that, but actually three years is the bit they're talking about mainly. We've got some story. Wow. Obviously did quite a lot in his life. So God's infinite and eternal. It means there's no end to discovery. And I'm thinking about this as well. You know, eternity is not just a long time. I know this sounds a bit, because actually it isn't time. It's different to time. So that's quite tricky to get your brain on, because I think we sometimes think eternity is a long time. But it isn't. It's a place where time doesn't exist. Do you understand the difference? Now, because we exist in time, we have to think in terms of, well, that's going to be a long time. But you know, your eternal existence has already started, hasn't it? Yeah? Have you already got eternal life? Yeah. So, but that body's gonna fade at some stage, isn't it? That's what it says. And then what the, what the Bible says is, is that what we, what we then actually, we swap the mortal and we get the immortal. So can you imagine never dying? kind of tricky, isn't it? Because actually, do you understand what I'm saying? This is it's very difficult to get our brains around the full realities of this because we exist in, in, in a, a finite, limited world and our bodies are mortal. It's going to be different. And every now and then, I don't know, well, let me say, I had a conversation with, a, with a, 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 another Christian leader recently and um, it was an interesting conversation. It was a good one. It was, it was a really good conversation. I was really happy to have it. Um, and but he brought up the the subject of what's called uh, overrealized eschatology. Now, you think, some of you going to go, well, what does that mean? Well, overrealized eschatology is a phrase that people are using for, for, for saying that you're expecting too much now um, because you've got to save some for heaven effectively. Which how much of heaven can you? What they're asking is, is how much of heaven can you expect to have expressed here on earth? What's what's realistic? Well, no, well okay, well that's, that's all of it. Okay, that, that, now, that is an interesting answer, because I, I say that's not the right answer. <laughs> Why? Because there isn't an all of it. Because it's infinite. Do you, now, this is, this, is, this, is where, this is really important, because it's challenging to think, you think, well, if you, you can have all of it now, is there any left for then? That's, that's, well, you ought to have something left, surely, for us to enjoy for the rest of eternity. If you get all of it now, what we're going to do there? You know, that, that, that's the thinking behind it. You say, so, oh, well, hold on a minute. You don't want to, sort of, don't want to spoil eternity by using it all up now. 
Now, this is, this is, seriously, this is the thinking that's, that's out there. I'm, I'm not being funny. This is, you think, this, is, this is the logic of the thinking, if you actually think it through. So, how much can you expect? Well, that's, it's, just, it's a silly question. Because if God's infinite, then, then there's always more. Yeah? And if he's eternal, there's no end to how long I've got to discover that. So, so when people say, how much more do you, do you expect? I said, well, I expect more tomorrow than I've got today. How much more do you want? More tomorrow than today. Right, otherwise I'm thinking of putting God in my box. So I've realized eschatology is a silly idea. But it, it comes out of, of an interesting view. In my mind, it's a limited view. How many miracles can you expect? More. How much blessing can you contain? How much blessing do you want? Oh, well, you know, got the whole world to think of, so careful, ration it out. Now, this was something interesting, okay? So this was Heidi Baker. This is Heidi Baker's admission. She, She said this. This is one of the things that God did with her in 94. She said, and this book's called There's Always Enough. And she said, now she always applied that to there's always going to be enough to help the poor. So get your checkbooks out and give. That sort of idea. No, 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 she wasn't saying that to us. In fact, they didn't ask many She said, God took her to task on that. She said, you know, there's always enough for everyone, not just the poor. And the Bible's got nothing against people being rich. It says, don't desire it. Because sometimes we can think it's the God's... I know there's good news for the poor, but see, God's goodness is not just limited to the poor, because where does the poor start? Because in real terms, none of us are poor. In world terms, none of us are poor. But how many of you think you're a little bit poor? You could do with more. All of us could do with more. Yeah? Well, where does that stop? Well, it doesn't... Basically, God's good enough for all of it. Why? Because he's infinite. He's not on rations. He really isn't. So, there's more. It's kind of fun to explore this stuff, isn't it? It stretches your brain. You should do. It goes beyond your brain. So to help us out, okay, God thought it was a good idea if he showed up on planet Earth as a human being, bodily form, Jesus. Yeah. And in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, it says this. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, and we live in these last days. Um, now, there's a difference between these last days and the last day. Okay, that's something that's worth. It. These are the last days, and eventually there will be a last day when God wraps all this stuff up and He creates a new heavens and a new earth. 
But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. It's not bad going, is it? Let's dwell on that one for a minute, the universe. How many billions of stars are there? Lots of billions from what I've heard. You know what? (laughs) They keep on discovering that there are more. Isn't it? It doesn't matter how good the telescopes get, they see beyond. I don't know if anybody, has anybody seen the pictures of the Hubble telescope? They are fantastic. They're amazing. I I thought I could do one of those as a coffee table book, you know, just (laughs) God made that. And do you know why the universe is still expanding? In my mind, anyway. Because God's making it bigger. He didn't limit it. How much of the universe are you going to enjoy exploring? <laughs> if you think, when, when um, God said to Abraham, I'm going to make your descendants like the stars in the sky, yeah. like the sky, how many do you think Abraham thought that meant? Well, probably limited to what he could see. Now, the night skies were probably clearer in those days, didn't have light pollution, but you can see a lot, but actually, he didn't have the benefit of the Hubble telescope. How about <laughs> your descendants will be like the grains of sand? Woo! But I did hear recently that they reckon there are more stars than grains of sand on planet Earth. We've heard that as well. I thought, that's a, that's a pretty interesting... That, <laughs> you think that, that just gets you going. You go, go, go to a beach somewhere and, and look at the grains of sand thing, and you just pick a handful up and think, how many grains of sand in that? And you multiply that by all the beaches in the world. And you know, not just beaches, <laughs> but <laughs> deserts and, you know, and you're thinking, and there are more stars than that. That, that got my brain going when I heard that. I thought, that's amazing. So the one who made that came and lived on planet Earth. <laughs> the, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. It says firstly, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Jesus is God. Now, I know you knew that anyway, and you believe that, because it's... There we go. It's not difficult to believe that. It's fundamental to Christianity, but to, to explore it, what it really means, is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, Jesus is God, I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me something different. No, 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 explore that. Because you cannot get to the ends of exploring that. Man, it's amazing. Again, beyond comprehension of how God could manifest himself in human form. Now, did he limit himself? Yes, he did in some ways. Jesus Jesus was limited, but he was fully God. He was also fully human. And one of the things, again, going back to the over-realized eschatology thing, is I think what, what was often lacking in, in the thinking around that is, that, is, is the fact that Jesus was fully human. 
Because what they say is, it goes on is, oh yeah, well when Jesus was on earth, you'd expect the miracles to happen. But Jesus isn't here anymore. That's past. And, no, I don't think so. And I, remember, I, think, I think it was Bill Johnson I first heard this from. He said that Jesus was the first Christian. Oh, hi, Wendy. Just been talking about you. So I'm be right. <laughs> now, when, when I, heard, I, think it was, I think Bill Johnson first heard, I said, Jesus was the first Christian. I'm thinking, Jesus was a Christian? I never thought of Jesus as a Christian. I don't know if you ever thought of Jesus as a Christian, but he was the first. And he's the model. He, he, he's your example. Because he was fully human. And fully God. Wow. Because if you believe that Jesus did his miracles as God rather than man, it means you can't do them. Really. Very difficult to do the works of Jesus and greater works if it depended upon Jesus' divinity to do miracles while he was on planet Earth. So, do you, okay, this is it. So, Jesus said of you and I, but if we've got faith in him, we'll do his works, the same works as him, and greater works. Well, that's a bit mind blowing, isn't it? How can you do greater works than Jesus? Anybody got any answers to that? You're looking puzzled, it's good. <laughs> Some people say, how can you do something greater than raising the dead? Kind of cool. Maybe just race more. And actually, this was the argument. They said, well, there's more of us, so we'll, we'll do it a few more times than Jesus did. We only had three years and one of him, so we could do more. It doesn't mean that. Actually, it says greater. And I would suggest to you, this, that there's some thoughts around that. See, that look, Jesus never eradicated any diseases. He healed them all, but he didn't eradicate any. I'd like to eradicate diseases. There are some diseases that have been eradicated, you know that? Smallpox, gone. How did that happen? How through through science? Any scientists here? What does God want to do through you? I'd love there to be an HIV vaccine that wipes that blight off the planet. I've prayed for people with HIV AIDS and seen them healed. And I love that story. Our stories. I'd like not to have to pray for them in the first place. See, see, I don't want to pray for my children or grandchildren to be healed. I prefer them not to get sick in the first place. And we have a 40-year vision here, which we were talking about this morning, is that we want to be a regional catalyst to create heaven on earth. Now, if you actually take that seriously, it means we'll eradicate disease. Because there is no disease in heaven, is there? You say, well, surely, how much can you have? Well, I'm going to have more than I've got now. So by the time I pass on whatever to the next generation, I want to give you a good head start. 
Because some of this you won't see maybe in your lifetime, but through generations it can build and build and build, can't it? That's why raising the next generation is so important. So Jesus is the exact representation. Well, that is really important because if you're going to spend eternity with somebody, you really do need to like them. Seriously, you think because your view of God will affect your expectation of, of eternity. Because <laughs> if you think he's a rotten what's it who withholds things from you and he's a bit of a slave master really and he's not really good, then your ah, sort of <coughs> your expectation of, of 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 eternity is going to be somewhat coloured by that. And you know what? You won't. Actually, you want to ask for much of it here and now. You know, it will affect how you live on planet Earth if you actually think it's going to be pretty miserable up there. Well, why would I want to bring that down here? Which is why it's really important we understand that God is our Father in heaven. That means He's a good, good Father. That's a great song, isn't it? He's a good, good Father. It's who he is, and I'm loved by him. It's who I am. That's a fantastic statement of identity. It's one of the best I know. And what it talks about, it says, <coughs> so what's the father look like? Looks like Jesus. Would you like to hang around Jesus if he turned up bodily form? If we could get him here next Sunday. <laughs> well, that was that's true. You see, seriously, this is... It's, Although it might seem flippant, I'm not trying to be flippant, I'm trying to be real with you. If, if we could have Jesus preaching next Sunday here, you, you wouldn't, well, I don't know what you'd do, you, you wouldn't, there's no way you'd have enough space. You know, it, literally you would have people coming from all around the world, wouldn't you? If you say Jesus is going to be preaching at Eastgate next Sunday, people would be flying in from all ends of the earth. They would. Why? Because I want to be with him. Do you think the sick would come? Maybe somebody start carving a hole in our knife roof. <laughs> Not sure we'd be too pleased about that, but I could I see people wanted to be with him. The only people who didn't want to be with him, do you know who they were? Religious people. They thought it'd better off kill him. Because he upset their status quo. Their power base. <clears throat> now, Jesus came to reveal God, and God the Father is the same as Jesus the Son. So, do you want to hang around God the Father? Yeah. He's, see, he's not, Jesus is the good God, and then the Father's the bad one. You know, the, the, the judge, the, the one that, ooh, ooh, and good job we've got Jesus between us. That, that's, some people, some Christians think like that. Well, thank, well, thank, good job I've got Jesus between. He's my shield. Otherwise, I'm going to get fried because he's covering my sin. No, he hasn't. He's not covering your sin. Do you know Jesus isn't covering your sin? He's taken it away. So when the Father looks at you, what does he see? He sees holiness. <laughs> We've just been reading about holiness. Really, he sees me as holy. That I may share his holiness. So when the father looks at me, he says, Wow, what mean? Wow. Looks at you holy. 
He doesn't have to look through the filter of Jesus' holiness. That is a mistaken idea in Christianity. God doesn't look through the filter of Jesus' holiness so I can appear holy when I'm not. Yeah? That is, that is not what the Bible teaches you. Jesus made the way so I could enter the throne room with boldness and confidence and go and sit on my father's lap in heaven. Oh. This is good news, is it? Not, this is pretty basic Christianity. <laughs> so God's infinite eternal. He's our father in heaven and Jesus is God. So who have we got left? Holy Spirit. Okay. So is he as good as the other two? <laughs> Yeah, because they are the same. Holy Spirit is here. <laughs> so Jesus said, actually, I'm going now. Went, what? <laughs> so I would suggest to you, and this is a little suggestion, that if we said next Sunday, Holy Spirit is going to be at Eastgate, we would not have the world flying in. Well, hopefully because they're experiencing him for themselves, because he is there. But actually, because actually people have much less expectation of Holy Spirit than they do of Jesus. People are not as excited about Holy Spirit being here as they would if it was Jesus. In reality, that is a travesty. Because Jesus said, actually, it's better for you. He's going to come. And he's amazing. Holy Spirit is amazing. He's God. He's the infinite eternal one. How much of him can you discover? How much of a Holy Spirit would you like to have? More is the answer. More, you're getting it now. Do you understand? Because some people, oh no, don't want to ask for that too much. I, 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 I used to, well, it used to drive me balmy, being honest, when people say, oh, oh you have done those Holy Spirit meetings. Yeah, you have done that. What do you mean you've done it? Well, you've done God. It's a silly idea, isn't it? (laughs) It is, it's ridiculous, just like that. That's good. But you understand, people say, oh yeah, no, well, careful about the Holy Spirit stuff. We've been careful about the Holy Spirit stuff. He's He's God. So the trouble is, it's so many people like to put him in the box. And you don't think you're religious, but actually you're your limit. <laughs> oh, we're gonna go, it's gonna go now, I can see. What will you let him do in your life? Well, it kind of adventurous and, <laughs> I don't know, basically, no limits is the answer. No limits and you can change the world. No matter who you are. Because you've got the infinite eternal one within you. <laughs> this is... This, well, it's, again, it's, it's, it's silly to think about, but actually... You have the infinite eternal God inside you. 
Now, if that makes any sense to anybody, you can come and explain it to me afterwards. But I can't get my brain around it. I have no idea how he fits in there. Why would he ever choose to? I don't know. But he did. Why? Because he likes me. Yeah, he loves me as well. He also likes me. Why? How do I know? It says he's chosen to make his home with me. While he's waiting for me to actually enjoy the next levels of fullness that he's got, which never end fullness. You understand? It's a silly idea in one sense because you can't fill it. You can't fill infinity, can you? While he's waiting for that next level, let's call it like that. This is. I'll come and be with you. Make my home with you. If that's not enough to keep you happy, I'm not quite sure what is. But when you wake up tomorrow, that is true. Monday morning. Well, Monday morning. Monday morning. Going back to school. What's happening? No, no, you've got God inside you. Go change the world. Pour it out. He's, he's, he's God. Okay, so here you are. God's infinite and eternal. God's our Father in heaven. Jesus is God. Holy Spirit is God. Simple four-point sermon. Went beyond three. Enough to keep you going forever. Literally. Let's pray, shall we, for him to come.